Previously on Hound Radio's Arch Campbell podcast. Being that Ricardo was up for a couple of Oscars, I think specifically uh, Nicole Kidman. Well, you know, the first time she won an Oscar was for wearing a fake nose. And then this one, she has a fake nose and a fake chin, so you don't underestimate her. The Arch Campbell podcast featuring Arch, Lou Katz, and a cast of thousands begins now. Hi again, everybody. I'm Arch Campbell with Lou Katz, and we are catching up on the ever-changing world of entertainment. Our guests today include Travis Hobson, founder of PunchDrunkCritics.com, heard on WBAL radio and seen on WETA TVs around town. Hello, Travis. Hello, Travis. Earth to Travis. Bill Newcott is here, known for many years as the lead critic of AARP, now reviewing for the Saturday Evening Post and SaturdayEveningPost.com. Welcome, Bill. Hi, Bill. Glad to be here. And I think the question of the day begins with, what are you watching? So let's start with Travis. What are you liking these days? What am I liking it in what in terms of movies, TV, or movies, TV? Just what are you watching for watch, fun? Yeah, I don't watch that much TV. Um, you don't do are you having any fun? <laughs> I'm having plenty of fun, but it isn't all about movies and TV. <laughs> Especially not lately. Um, in terms of movies, I actually quite like quite a lot uh, in terms of movies lately. Yeah. I really enjoyed the Adam Project, which came out uh, just a few days ago on Netflix. Uh, really fun, kind of an Amblin style sci-fi adventure. I really thought that was really great. Uh, another good reunion of uh, Ryan Reynolds and uh, and director Sean Levy. They did uh, Free Guy last year, and they're going to be doing Deadpool three next, probably the next year or two together. So I like them as a duo. I really enjoyed Turning Red. Now that movie's getting a lot of uh, controversy That's lately. The Disney movie Disney or Pixar. Yeah, I really enjoyed that. I like the Batman as well. It's my favorite Batman movie that we've seen on the big screen. So uh, it's actually been a good few weeks. And in, in terms of movies that came out coming out this week, I really liked X, which is the uh, slasher horror film uh, from Ty West that comes out. Oh, yeah? Is... Tell me about X. I haven't heard about that. Really? You weren't there at the, at the screening arts? that you were the <laughs> uh, slasher horror film. <laughs> no. Um, it's, uh, it's set in the 1970s. It's a... Uh, it's kind of, you know, it's got the Texas Chainsaw Massacre style, but it's, it kind of reminded me a lot of Quentin Tarantino's Death Proof. You know, it's a lot of, a lot of dialogue in the beginning, a lot of setting up of the aesthetic and the, yeah. focusing on the period details. But it's about uh, a group of people who are shooting a porn movie in rural Texas. And, oh, yes. And they, they, they're, they're doing it on the, on the, uh, the land of uh, this old couple who turn out to be a kind of a murderous duo. He don't know what we're doing, does he? Well, it's better to beg for forgiveness and ask for permission. Would you like to come inside? What's the boss? I want to be in the movie. Well, you can't. The story can't just change midway through. And uh, yeah, it's just it's just a lot of fun, a lot of funny moments in it, a lot of humorous dialogue, especially with the movie within a movie thing that's going on in it. And uh, so uh, is that theatrical only or is that stream? Theatrical only, yep. Okay. Friday. All right. They've already so shot that's... a prequel. Um, so the movie premiered at South by Southwest last weekend, and the director revealed that they've already shot a prequel to it. Which Really? Was... What's that? W? 
Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> Old Pearl. Sorry. Gold Pearl is named after one of the characters in the movies. Cool. Uh, really a lot of fun. So, okay, very interesting. Bill Newcott, the Saturday Evening Post. What are you watching for fun? Well, I we just finished Mrs. Maisel, the uh, fourth yeah. season of Mrs. Maisel. There's a saying old says that love is blind. Still we're often told, seek and ye shall find. So I'm going to seek a certain lad I've had in mind Looking everywhere, haven't found him yet He's the big affair I cannot forget Only man I ever think of with regret My wife and I were watching the show, and you know, you start watching, you get into the rhythm of watching, and we lost count of what episode we were watching and we didn't realize we were watching the season finale so we were just and you, know, you get into a mode where okay these are all going to be resolved in the uh, next episode all these problems yeah. and then um we go try to go to the next one and it doesn't exist <laughs> they're filming it now so but uh, uh I, I tell you that the guy luke kirby who plays lenny bruce on that show i mean as good as everyone is on that show and that and uh he is he's just anyone who caught wind of Lenny Bruce back in the 60s. He is that guy reincarnated. He's amazing. You gotta see the show, Corset. Lenny. I'm sorry. I'm an observer of the human condition. It's the way God made me. Okay, if we do this, Oops. if we take our clothes off and we do some very blue things in this very blue room. Wow, do I not know which way this is going? I need you to look me in the eye first and promise that you will never, ever forget that I am very, very, funny first and foremost i'm serious lenny i will be laughing through the entire thing now i'm hearing mixed things on mrs Maisel on this uh, fourth season the season uh, starts are... pretty slow the first two episodes are kind of like i think we've seen the show before mm -hmm. but then it, it takes off it, it and the last two episodes are two of the best i think they ever did but but movie wise I saw two in the past two weeks. I've seen two little films, sort of in the in the vein of X. I think. Yeah. Uh, one is uh, Gold with Zac Efron. Oh yeah, I saw that. Yeah. It's I I I can tell by the expression on your face there, Travis. You're not thrilled, but I <laughs> I really enjoyed it. You know, it, it's oh, funny. Cool. We're going to I think 20 years from now, if we're all still around, Travis will be. Uh, the rest of us will be yeah. not. But <laughs> the uh, we're going to look on this. Uh, you're going to be able to recognize films made during the COVID era. You're gonna say, oh, that, that film must've been made during COVID. They have one or two characters. No mm -hmm. one invades each other's personal space. You can kind of see the blocking being done or this very long lenses used to make people look closer together and you can tell that's being done. Stu film students in coming decades are gonna say, oh, those, that were, those were COVID era films. And, and Gold is a perfect example of that where basically it's a one man show. Uh, What's the guy. plot line? What's plot the... line is, it's a, of course, it's a dystopian future. You're in the desert. I call the film, actually, I, I said it was um, uh, Waiting for Godot meets Mad Max. Uh. <laughs> because it's even a tree. Oh. The, whole, the, only, the only prop is a tree. And he's sitting under a tree. Uh, uh, he and another guy are out in the middle of the desert, and, and they stumble upon a, a, a nugget of gold that's the size of your living room couch. Come here! Look at this! That's gold. We just found a pile of gold! Yeah! <laughs> and one agrees, I'll stay here. Zach Efron says, I'll stay here and watch the gold. You go get a digger to dig it up, which is stupid. Like, the, 
<laughs> so many movies are based yeah. on bad decisions and that's like yeah. the first bad decision that's made and they, oh. off they go and then he's left in the desert by himself and he's hallucinating or maybe uh, he's not uh-huh. the guy's coming oh. to help him but maybe he's not it, it has some nice twists to it but the other mm. film i want to quickly mention is the film is also streaming starting this week called ultrasound no uh, i haven't heard of that i've not seen that one ultrasound where's really that streaming good i'm not sure who has it on i think i think it's everyone i think it's going to be on yeah. amazon and, and places like that um but it is this movie begins it's a stormy night a dark and stormy night mysterious house guy knocks on the door says hi my car broke down on the road i have a flat tire i need to use your phone <laughs> that's how it begins and, and you're saying oh i've seen this movie but you have not seen this movie really it goes off in crazy directions and it, 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 it would spoil it it was a tough review to write because he just don't want to give anything away about it other than that. Uh, highly recommend both those films. I did not hate Gold, by the way. I thought Zac oh. Efron's performance was actually pretty good in it. Yeah. Um, I just thought it was a little a little too thin. Like, uh-huh. I, I, I get that. I don't problem with it. But, but, but Zac Efron is actually really good in a performance that he has to pretty much carry all by himself. Yeah. And, and like, the makeup artist. He moved out to Australia last year, so he's been doing kind of this thing where he's making these movies out in Australia and you know, it was it was kind of cool watching his features deteriorate over the course of the entire movie because they really yeah. do. And uh, his character's sort of an idiot. I mean, he's he's, he's not <laughs> he's not not built for that rugged for that rugged landscape. And you know, and he makes all the wrong choices. Yeah, where would movies be without idiots? If made the right choices, there would be no movies. So, Certainly, horror movies. Uh, <laughs> I'm very anxious to ask both of you about a movie I saw the other night called Fresh. Has anybody seen Fresh? I saw that at Sundance. Uh, yeah. So, and I, uh, what What's your thoughts on Fresh? I absolutely love it. Uh, I absolutely love it. But I know it's not going to be for everybody. It's I, on I Hulu. It, I found it interesting. The number, <laughs> the number of people that that uh, that watched Fresh. And we're still into Sebastian Stan, even though he is effectively a cannibal in this movie. <laughs> Can you tell me a little bit? What's, that, what's it about? That, well, let me so say that Fresh is on Hulu. Yeah. And uh, it's, it stars Daisy Edgar Jones, who's quite uh, emerging as an actress. She was the star of Normal People. And she's uh, sick and tired of the dating scene. And she meets Sebastian Stone at a grocery store. Do you live around here? Because I, I live on aisle six. That was terrible. It was kind of terrible. They hit it off and they go out to dinner and they start dating. And he invites her to go on vacation. But uh, would you mind, we'll spend a night at my house first. And he fixes her a cocktail and drugs her. And when she wakes up, she discovers that she's chained to a room and he explains that uh, he captures young women and raises them for their flesh, which he sells to cannibals. (laughs) And the thing is, he's like, the thing is his character is, is like the ultimate charmer. He's such a charmer. Uh Like you yeah. can find yourself even throughout the movie after you know what he is, kind of letting your guard down. Like you see, like it happens to her. It happens. It's just the kind of character he is. And while you're watching it, you can kind of still be like, "Oh yeah, well he doesn't seem like he's all that bad," you know. But <laughs> you know. But then he goes off the room and cuts off a chunk of some girl. 
you know, and, and puts it in a frying pan. Uh, so I mean, so it's, <laughs> yes, it's one of those movies that that kind of plays with your with your senses of of who these characters are. She changes along the way too. I mean, there's a lot that goes on in this movie. But, well, uh, it's kind of in the mode of Get Out, don't you think? Except just not as good. Yeah, yeah, sort of. It doesn't really deal with race in the same way, but it, it no, it, but, but it does. It, it it has some interesting ideas about relationships, especially modern relationships, because you know, like like you said, she is someone who's kind of tired of the way the dating scene is right now. She thinks she's found this guy, you know, in the in the way that we all imagine that we meet uh-huh. somebody, which is like in the grocery store, or just like you uh-huh. know that kind of thing. It doesn't really happen anymore. Do you think you found that perfect person in the perfect way? And of course, it's too good to be true, you know. So, <laughs> can, wow. can I say that it gives oh, new meaning to the term rump roast? <laughs> 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 and I mentioned another film real quick before we before we move uh, on. Yeah. Right in the vein of some of the movies we talked about already, and it's coming out this week on Netflix. And it's called Windfall, mm-hmm. and um, and I believe it's by Charlie McDowell, who did a movie called um, The One I Love, and I uh, did another movie after that which his name title i can't remember and it's sort of a hitchcockian style thriller it stars jason siegel jesse plemons and um lily collins and oh yeah. yeah and it's basically about uh a rich guy and his wife who are held captive in their home by uh jason siegel's character who was a robber who kind of got caught like they were like he was busting into their house and he didn't realize they were there this guy breaks into my house holy <laughs> And you just sit down on the couch. Okay, but how about you, you let go of my wife first? And I've had to hold his hand. How does this open? Is there a trick to the purse? No. There's a clasp. And help him rob us. I want $150,000. Do you think that's enough? Yeah, I think you're probably going to want more than that. It becomes this whole big hostage standoff. But it's about more than that. It's it's not It's not just about the standoff. It's about because they kind of get stuck there together and the characters are all coming from different places so like Clemens's character is a rich guy he's kind of awful uh you wonder about Siegel's character whether he's someone who's kind of who's been uh screwed by this rich guy and his company or if he's coming from someplace a little bit more nasty and and she's kind of watching and observing both men and making decisions about them on her own that evolve over the course of the movie um I thought it was really well done it's really kind of one of those bare bones put these people in a room type movies where you just let them kind of hash it out and the story plays out from there those are kind of my favorite kind of movies we just put a bunch of people in a room and watch them bounce mm-hmm. off each other. <laughs> uh, one of those kinds of movies and i i thought it was really well done it's just it's pretty good and it comes out like i said i think on friday on netflix so it's called windfall okay now, i have a bonus i have a bonus i want to add now uh-huh. gonna match travis uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm sort of attending vicariously South by Southwest, things that are being sent to me that are showing there. And I've just seen my first virtual reality film. It's a documentary, and it's called um, uh, The Morning You Awaken to the End of the World. It's a 40-minute documentary. You put, on the, you put on the headsets, and it's a film about, remember 2018, the morning everyone thought there was a missile heading for Honolulu, an atomic yeah. bomb heading for Honolulu? And it turned out to be a mistake. They, 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 they had sent out the alert by accident. And this is the story of that morning. And they're talking to people who were there. And it's um, uh, totally immersive. You're, you're in their rooms with them. Uh, it's, it's very dreamlike uh, with a lot of really interesting uh, uh, imagery. And it, it, I've never seen anything, obviously, because it's brand new. This sort of thing didn't exist a few years ago. Mm-hmm. Never seen anything like it. And it's just, right now, you had to have the Oculus headset. 
uh, uh, from former Facebook, the, the company formerly known as Facebook. And but if you can almost see when you're watching this thing, this is a future of the movies. You know, it, it is the ultimate opposite of the communal experience of film because you are literally the only person who can watch it at that moment. And in fact, you're creating your own movie because you're deciding where to look and what you want to see in this landscape that surrounds you and is above you and below you. But this is going to be a, a new way of storytelling, not just, you know, not just interactive games, which is what it pretty much is now. But uh, people are going to be telling stories during, using this technology, and it's going to be you make your own movie. There's no editing other than where you decide to look. Um, it's, it's, it was quite oh. something. I was really, really impressed. Wow. It's now, a, what's the name of that again? It's called The Morning You Awaken to the End of the World. That's a great title. Yeah. I want to mention two things very quickly, and then I, let's get on to the next topic. But uh, are either of you watching Severance? On, I uh, want to. I haven't seen Apple. it. I haven't watched it yet. Uh, both, I, I've got to recommend it to both of you. It's uh, Adam Scott, and mm -hmm. uh, it's the future. And uh, if you want to work for this company, uh, you have to sign away a contract that allows them to implant a chip in your brain so that every time you go down to work, uh, you only remember what you do at work. And then when you go out at night, uh, you're, you're a human again. So you've got outies and innies. And, uh, <laughs> and of course, a couple of characters decide they've changed their mind, but they can't get out of it, even when they try to commit suicide. <laughs> there is a, um, a plot point with John Turturro and Christopher Walken as uh. two <laughs> employees who are drawn to each other. It's very odd. And the other thing, uh, thanks to uh, our friends uh, from last week, I started watching The Diaries of Andy Warhol. I think it's on Netflix, yeah. and it's very weird. The Andy Warhol made a phone call to a secretary every day and dictated notes on his life. And they take those notes and they've got a, um, a computer reading the notes <laughs> and doing <laughs> clips from his life. It's very strange and completely compelling. So, wow. Uh, that's a couple of the diaries of Andy Warhol, and I think that's on Netflix, and Severance, which is on Apple. Mm -hmm. So uh, let's go to awards season, and uh, let's start with uh, Jane Campion, who recently won the Directors Guild Award for uh, Power of the Dog. And now she and wishes she, she had sent someone else to uh, pick up the award for her, I think. <laughs> Then the next night at the uh, Critics' Choice Awards, she won uh, Best Director and uh, made a stupid remark calling out the Williams sisters. <laughs> to paraphrase what she said, she said her struggle against male directors was harder than the Williams sisters' struggles on the she tennis did. court, and yeah, it did not go over. You didn't have to go against the men like I do. Yeah, it's. Uh, Didn't you just think that was just a stupid joke? That I, I mean, I, 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 I get the argument of why people say, "Oh, well, that, that, that," you know, that, that's the bad joke we all tell once in a while, where we just say something we think is going to be clever, and the minute it leaves your mouth, you realize, "Oh, that, 
that wasn't clever at all. Yeah. And you just let the people go. I, I, I don't get the, uh, the outrage over. I think it's, I don't you agree? It's pretty much manufactured outrage. I, I actually think it is manufactured outrage. And look, and I, I, I think when, when somebody throws a microphone in your face and, uh, and expect you to say something clever and witty, you know, 80% of the time we'll be fine. And then there's about 20, 25% there where you're, where you're going to say something stupid, trying too hard. And I think mm -hmm. that's what she was doing. Um, I would try to look at the totality of the person and see what they're up to and see what they're really about. I don't get the impression that she was trying to, I mean, she called them marvels literally like the line before. Yeah. Not, she was not trying to insult them. She was trying to make a point that I think I don't agree with, but she wasn't trying to insult the Williams sisters. She was talking yeah. about herself more than she was talking right. about the Williams sisters. She said, I spent my career She's going up against guys and oh, it wow. was tough. And, 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 that's all she was saying. She wasn't really saying anything about the Williams sisters. Right. So will this cost her the Oscar? In a, no. I don't, I don't think okay. so. Okay. I don't think it will either. I think this will, I think this will blow over except to those people who want to keep kind of dredging it up. But those people who keep dredging it up aren't voting for the Oscars. So I'm not I think if Kenneth Branagh was going to win it, he'll win it anyway. But I, I think she's most likely going to get the Oscar. Yeah. I agree. Oh, uh, here's the Critics' Choice Award winners. Uh, Best Picture is Power of the Dog. Uh, Best Director, Jane Campion. Best Actor, Will Smith. Best Actress, Jessica Chastain in the Eyes of Tammy Faye. Best Supporting Actor, Troy Katsura in Coda. And Best Supporting Actress, Ariana Dubois in West Side Story. And uh, what do you think? Is that is that where we'll see Oscar night? Pretty much. Uh, I think for the most part. I'm not so sure about Jessica Chastain for Eyes of Tammy Faye, maybe, yeah. maybe not there. But I yeah. think everywhere else, I think, is pretty much uh, down the line how it's going to go at the Oscars. Uh, say that, yeah, you know, the actress uh, category is kind of, I didn't like any of them. Really? <laughs> I really liked uh Jessica Chastain for Eyes of Tammy Faye. Yeah. Um, I don't know. It looked like a TV movie to me. Of course, I saw it on TV. <laughs> well, there you go. <laughs> well, that might explain it. But I mean, I mean the, the thing about, I, I, I sort of agree. I think I, I think she's going to get it for uh, that. Maybe Olivia Coleman for The Lost Daughter. But that's kind of what I'm leaning towards. Is oh, God, I hate I, I know. That. But I think, oh. the thing about the Jessica Although Chastain would, role, that like was, that's classic movie. Oscar bait. I mean, she said, that's going to be my Oscar. It's, it's like um, uh, the Judy Garland movie a couple of years ago. And, you know, it's just like, and, 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 and there's nothing wrong with that, but it sort of becomes, there's a reason people might not vote for her for that very reason. So we'll see. What were you going to say, Travis? I kind of, I really want Kristen Stewart to win for Spencer, but I hate that movie. Uh -huh. <laughs> yes. Well, I, like I sure agree with like that. Her, but didn't like the movie. That's fine. That's how I feel about Olivia Coleman in uh, the, the Lost Daughter. I, I I hated that movie, but she was she was the reason you watched the movie. I mean, right. an actress who can an actor an actress who can make you watch a movie just to see what they're doing in a movie you really don't like. That's a pretty good performance. Yeah. Not only did I hate Spencer, but I hated it worse because I saw it in the theater. So I actually made the effort to go to a theater and see it. So I like doubly hold that against her. I mean, literally, Chastain is the only one that's in a movie that I actually really like. Mm. Um, I actually like the Eyes of Tammy Faye. Yeah. I like her performance, but I think Kristen Stewart had the best performance out of the five. 
So they they keep talking about uh, being the Ricardos. That's another one I just hated. Yeah, it's not great. No, yeah. it's just kind of well. just kind of there. But you have a lot of hate there, Arch. You gonna, you want to <laughs> deal with that? <laughs> I'm going to see my therapist <laughs> as soon as we finish. Hey, Travis, you are uh, hosting with Tim Gordon the uh, Oscar party at the Arlington Cinema Draft House. It does after a little bit of a of a hiatus because the virus. That should be fun. Yeah, it'd be good to good to go back out there and uh, command the crowd for what eight freaking hours or long the Oscar. Speak for yourself, man. That's not fun um no it's a, it's good to be back and doing that again I, I miss it i was just at the draft house a couple uh last weekend for shows so it was good to go back there yeah and it's going to be an interesting an interesting oscars you know we've been away for so long i'm just hoping people come out to it and enjoy the show it, it's usually a lot of fun a lot of movie lovers there sorry i got two warring cats next to me if you can hear them fighting stop it um so <laughs> Uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to it. I haven't had a chance to hang out with Tim in a while and, and do that thing. So, uh, mm-hmm. you know, we'll get to I'll get to make fun of him for a few hours. That's all it's Paycheck. So, yeah. I went to Cinnamon Draft House. Everybody come. We always do like a like a like a whole charity thing too, like a silent auction mm-hmm. with, uh, with really cool uh, movie memorabilia and stuff like that. So I used to love that theater. I used to drive. I lived up in Bethesda, but I would drive all the way down to the Cinnamon Draft. The draft house in uh, Arlington. Yeah. Just uh Well, you know, it's kind of the perfect post-virus place because uh, you are kind of spaced out in there. It's not like everybody jammed together uh, mm-hmm. in uh, auditorium seating. Exactly. So cool. Well, that's uh, well, yeah, happy we'll to. There, Arch. We'll see you there. I went to see The Wizard of Oz there once. <laughs> first time first time I ever saw The Wizard of Oz on a big screen was at the at, at that cinnamon draft Archie, house. and I and I wept like a baby, like a little girl. I just cried. That, that laugh suggests to me that you're not going to come. What is that laugh? I'll, I'll be watching at home. <laughs> yeah, I'll be live on the red carpet. <laughs> we need, need a third person to turn to every now and then. <laughs> it's past my bedtime. Arch, how many Oscars did you go to? Uh, probably about twenty. Wow. Yeah. And um, it was never my favorite thing to do, mm-hmm. but I liked it uh, more in the early years when I could go backstage to the press room mm-hmm. and uh, toward the end of my uh, uh, laughable career uh, with ABC, we would all sit in a trailer in a parking lot and watch the show. And you call that going so, to the Oscars? <laughs> so I, well, you go to the red carpet, then you go to the trailer. Oh, you went to the red carpet. Watch okay. the show. Then you'd run back to the red carpet afterwards. Um, the guy on Channel 7, I have a lot of respect for because uh, he has to run out there and uh, do it in a big hurry. So uh, so good for him. Uh, do you think the Oscar show will end by 11 o'clock, Travis? I mean, I hope so. It means it's an early night for me. Uh, I have no idea. I, otherwise, I could care less otherwise, except for the fact that I'd like to be home early. <laughs> the sooner they get through this stuff, the better. If I see them walking the audience across the street or something again, I'm going to freak uh-huh. out. I'm going to go. Yeah. Is there a host this year? 
Uh, yeah, uh, yeah. It's three uh, uh, women. Uh, yeah, it's three. Women. Wanda Sykes is one of them. That should be fun. Oh God. Okay. Uh, <laughs> okay. Uh, yeah, it's it's like three hosts. I think Wanda Sykes is one of them. So. Uh, uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, <laughs> speaking of walking the audience across the street, Lou Katz is in the control room of the Katz podcast system where he's uh, twiddling the knobs for Hound Radio. That's me, who, uh... Chief Twiddler. <laughs> <laughs> Tell us what's going on. Well, thanks for asking, Arch. One of the many features we have on Hound Radio is our World of Dogs report with Faith Lapidus. This week, she's talking about dog poop. Everybody's <laughs> favorite topic. <laughs> Check this out. Hound Radio pauses the music for another wonderful look into the world of dogs with Faith Lapidus. Let's talk about poop and why it's important to pick it up. A new study shows that canine poop and pee can damage the environment and lead to a loss of biodiversity through over-fertilization. Looking at several nature reserves in Belgium, researchers found that each year, the droppings left on the ground by local dogs added up to more than 10 pounds of nitrogen and more than four pounds of phosphorus per acre. That changes the pH of the soil, and that can be bad for plants. When soil becomes saturated with those micronutrients, past research has shown it can have a strongly negative impact on the local ecosystem. Plant life can become less diverse as those species that need the increased nutrients outcompete other species. The overall diversity of the area's plant community drops, and it can take years for the elevated levels of nitrogen and phosphorus to fade from the system. The study's takeaway? Carry poop bags and take it away for the good of the environment. I'm Faith Lapidus for Hound Radio. Uh, before we get uh, too wound up, uh, let's mention the uh, passing of William Hurt at the age of 71, uh, which... Uh, uh, I think hits uh, a lot of us uh, pretty hard. Uh, any thoughts on uh, William Hurt? He was refreshing in every way and, and had something to do with the fact that you could tell he didn't care whether he was a movie star or not. Mm-hmm. He just, it, it's almost as if he was, you know, because he, he was so young and so handsome and so good, he had to play those romantic leads through, the, you know, through his 20s and 30s. But it almost seemed like a relief to him when he got to be in his 40s and 50s and start playing more character roles, more interesting people. He just seemed like he just wanted to play as many different kinds of people as possible. And you never, you know, you'd never see him out there. He just was a guy who wanted to, to hone his craft and, and, and do the best he could. And I don't think he ever got into the, the star element of it. And it's funny because I think there are a lot of people who don't consider him a big star because he didn't hone that. He didn't... Uh, uh, Try to project that on a day-to-day basis. He wasn't. You didn't see him every time you opened the newspaper. Did either of you ever interview him, Travis? No, I, I never interviewed him. Um, I, I, I've always. What I said when when, uh, when I heard the news is that the thing about William Hurt for me was that uh, every time I saw him in a movie, it gave it instant credibility. I didn't mm-hmm. care what it was. Like even a movie like Altered, like Altered States or Altered Peace, whatever Altered States. <laughs> You know, it's like even that he makes that good. You know, he makes a lot of things good that probably shouldn't be. Um, but in terms of his career overall, you know, I feel like 
there's a, it's a lot more complicated. You know, there were allegations made by Marley Matlin about him. Right. Yeah. And I feel like it was around that time that, yeah, his star kind of dimmed that those hurt him a lot. Um, and he did start taking, you know, smaller roles and different kinds of roles after that. But there's also something to be said about the fact that if you watch interviews with him later in his career, um, he made a lot of attempts to, um, to change and be a better person. And, you know, he's, and there are a lot of, there's a lot of talk now about, you know, whether or not you can separate art from the person and the things they do. And I think you can, if that person makes an effort. Um, and he's one of those people that I thought made an effort um, mm. to be a better person. So I could always watch him and never and not be like, yeah, he did that thing with Marley Matlin and that was awful. You know, I never really hung that on him for his entire career because he seemed like a person who was truly sorry for the things that he had done earlier in his life. Mm. Um, and there's not a lot of people that do that. Um, and they and they deserve to be criticized. And but he's one of those that, like I said, I thought made made the effort to to be a better person and. I enjoyed it every single time I could see him. Uh, so it was really, you know, I had forgotten that he was diagnosed with cancer years earlier. And I don't know how much that yeah. played into his death now. I assume it did. But, but uh, yeah, I was really sad to hear about his death. In the last year, I happened to have watched uh, Body Heat over again. I was just sitting at home one night and it popped up. Uh, was he in that? You know, I only saw Kathleen Turner. <laughs> <laughs> he was, and that... <laughs> That that body heat is as timeless as double indemnity. It is it's one of the great film noirs, and he's just terrific in it. My temperature runs a couple of degrees high, around hundred. I don't mind. It's the engine or something. Maybe you need a tune-up. Don't tell me. You have just the right tool. I don't talk like that. And then uh about a month ago, <laughs> I watched broadcast news. And he's brilliant in that. Mm -hmm. He's he's a, a good-looking guy who's kind of dumb, and uh, and wants to be smart, but just doesn't have the brain power for it. And he winds up uh, as the uh, anchor of the uh, network news. And but he can uh, make himself cry on on command. It's uh, it's it's just a, a hell of a performance. Is there any particular area that you feel strongest? in? To be honest, I was best at anchor. So, you have almost no experience, and you can't write. What I don't know, I can learn. What I do know, nobody can teach. He and the chemistry with him and Holly Hunter, it's just, it's, it, he made some really great stuff. And I stumbled on him in Goliath, that Billy Bob Thornton uh, series, toward the end of his career, and he plays... Um, uh, a really old, uh, sick character. And, you know, he, he aged into uh, those kind of character roles. And, and it was, it was sort of a, oh, wow, there he is now. And uh, yikes, he's, he's pretty good uh, playing uh, a totally different kind of guy. Yeah. I like that he was able to do, you know, uh, the stuff that he did, the, the the really dramatic stuff that he was mostly known that he became known for, but also you know later on start taking on more uh, pop culture roles and you know uh, blockbuster roles and things like that. You know, and it, as, as he started doing the more character stuff, of course he did a lot of stuff with Marvel. Just saw him in Black Widow last year, right? Yeah. Also, a lot of people probably only know him from <laughs> from Marvel. <laughs> 
which is a shame. Hopefully this will this will get them to go back and watch some of his other stuff too. I do believe I saw a notification on my feed like Marvel star John Hurt dead. Right. Like, <laughs> really? Yeah, I don't think there, I thought a he of played Colonel something or other and <laughs> the Hulk and three straight Oscar nominations for Christ's sake. That's not something that easily it's easily done. No. Uh, you know what I liked about him was when when he started losing his hair, he didn't wear a toupee. <laughs> he just let it he just let it go. Arch and I can appreciate this. Yes. I just wear a hat. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, so uh, we're wrapping up now. And uh, what shall we recommend for the weekend? X. Go see X. And I'm recommending my two movies. Those, they're, they're, both, they're both streaming. And X is in theaters, right? Yeah. Go get yeah. your horror on. Go see that. X is we in We have to get theaters. back into theaters. We have to get into the theaters. There's no... I mean, I'm 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 an absolute hypocrite because I haven't been in a theater. <laughs> but I'm telling you, everybody needs to get into the theaters because we can't we can't lose that. We can't. Have I've gone to the theaters five times. Superhero movies. We have to have them going to see other stuff. That's right. Um, and see, the superhero movies those are like the only thing that have barely been affected by right. by any of this stuff. But we had to have people going in to see regular movies again. Go see, you know, your deaths on the Niles and stuff like that. Go see yeah. other stuff. Uh, well, go see movies that you and people, you, you and your friends can stand out in the parking lot and talk about what that movie was about. Right, right. And, that, and they're, I, they're harder to find in the theaters these days. I'm going to recommend Severance on Apple, and I recommend it to uh, both of you. By the way, you know, the Oscars uh, seems, they seem to want to make the Oscars uh, for Best Picture a three-way race between um, CODA, Child of Deaf Adult, which is an Apple production, and uh, Power of the Dog, which is a Netflix production, and Belfast, which is uh, theaters only. And if CODA somehow pushes through, uh, the speculation is that's really going to put Apple and streaming in a whole different world. Hmm. It might. I mean, look... uh Netflix, it took Netflix years to to get the kind of credibility that they were seek so desperately seeking for years, mm-hmm. uh, trying to get an Oscar movie out there. Um, so they could probably do a lot for Apple, too. I, I don't know if it changes the landscape that much. I think when we had to get a little past COVID era, because, it, because so many films went in desperation to, to Netflix and to Amazon, let's see if they can continue doing homegrown productions that are going to... Uh, be worthy of Oscar nominations. Right. Mm. Mm. And I just want to say that the movies I went to theater and saw and didn't like, I really hold it against. (laughs) (laughs) So if you're going to go to the movies. What what movies were those, Arch? Spencer. I went to see Spencer in the theater. Hated it. Respect. (laughs) I went to see Respect in the theater. Did not like it at all. Uh, I went to see the card counter. I like that. What was the card counter? Card counter. You see Dune in the theater? For, for a movie Dune, Dune should only be seen in the theater. Did you see that? I'll never watch again. I really like that. I really like the card counter. <laughs> I want to thank uh, Travis Hobson. Travis, I, it's been a long time since I got to speak with you, and it's always a lot of fun. Thanks a lot, Arch. Always fun being on the show, man. Punch Drug Critics and Bill Newcott of the Saturday Evening Post. And you'll be delivering the magazine this weekend. That's right. (laughs) It's the only way I get paid. (laughs) 
<laughs> we'll be back next week. And thank you for listening. Thank you, Lou Katz, and bye-bye. This is the Katz Podcasting System, where it's not just a podcast, but a podcast.